You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and conspiracy theorist extraordinaire. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm actually not that big into conspiracy theories, but it w- it does seem like something up my alley, because I am a big, like, speculative guy. But I know we're not covering a lot of, like, random things this week, because we're just doing what if. What did you think about the NBA.com rookie survey they did at the rookie photo shoot? Ooh, the rookie survey was interesting. Uh, (laughs) Best playmaker, Luka didn't get a single vote. Brunson came in like third on that, didn't he? Or like somewhere Which which was the one that that Luka didn't get a single vote on? All right. Who would have the best career? Oh, that's that's the one. Really? Really? 36 rookies there that were polled. He didn't get a single vote, including himself, because he was there. <laughs> he didn't vote for himself. Guys that did get votes. Wendell Carter Dio. got like five votes. Yeah, he got, he. I think he was like the first. Yeah. Yeah. Hamadou Diallo got a vote. Best Devon, career. Devontae I guess they t- they, it seems like they took that question relative. I'm like, come on, guys. Not a single one of y'all voted for Luca on that, but... Anyway, Jaron Jackson was like he was in at the bottom of that like others receiving votes list also. I'm like, come on, please. Yeah, really? Like, like uh, him and Luca could be the best players of this draft. Seriously, biggest steal I thought was hilarious. Katie Bates Jop number one with five votes. Jalen Brunson got two votes and Luca got a vote. That's super random. I didn't see that. One. And then uh, best playmaker. Uh, Trey Young got 12 votes Jalen Brunson got 5 votes And Luka got 3 votes The thing about like the Jalen Brunson Luka and Trey Young is that Guys have played against Trey Young and Brunson Nobody's exactly. played against Luka These guys maybe have not watched one single second Of Luka Doncic play Exactly Yeah I mean they've just seen The level that they've played at Brunson has won uh, 2 titles And just won the National Player of the Year So a lot of them have big time respect for Brunson right now. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that was interesting. And then, as long as we're talking about some topical news, as long as we're <laughs> going off of that, the Dallas Wings were eliminated from the playoffs Boo. last night on Tuesday. Uh, this could be Liz Cambage's last game in the WNBA. Nah, she'll be back. Yeah, you have to imagine. Like, so as soon as they took her out, they took her out with about two minutes left. They were down by twenty. And she's just on the bench, like crying. Like you, you got to think that she thinks that she has unfinished business, unfinished business to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Let's hope. They, I mean, they need a coach first. So that coaching job is is fascinating right now. Like, just tell Jason do, Kidd. I mean, okay. So do do you take this job? So you're essentially. Yes, you take this job. You're essentially taking the Cle- like. Let's say the Cleveland Cavaliers' job opened up this summer, and yeah. like. I think Diggins is probably better relative to to the WNBA than Kevin Love is to the to the NBA, but like, you have to convince LeBron to come back to your team in Liz Cambage, and if you don't, your team is probably going to be in the lottery or in the WNBA case, the outside of the playoffs. Like, that's what you, you're kind of. You still gonna have a? I don't. I don't have that much knowledge in the WNBA, but I'm assuming Skylar Diggins is a top 15 player in the league. Oh, I think top 10. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's really okay. good. So you have that, but with like, I don't know, without Liz, your, your team is not making. Yeah. So like, like they if did you, last if year. you take the job and if Liz comes back, great, you're going to be a playoff team. And that's awesome. If she doesn't come back, then you don't have the pressure and it's like, okay, well look, Liz left. So if we suck, this is why we suck. So yeah, you take the job. Yeah. Also, can you hear my baby crying? Right I can. Now? Yeah, I can just barely faintly hear your baby crying. I'm gonna text my wife right now. Hey, I'm podcasting here. <laughs> Keep on going, Nick, with the intro. <laughs> 
So today we are getting to our second what if. On Monday, we got to the what if the 2011 title season and offseason was different. We talked about what would happen if the Mavericks ran it back, if they brought back Tyson Chandler, if they brought back Karan Butler, if they brought back you know all those guys, Sean Stevenson, if they brought back everybody. A lot of response from that one. People were really interested in that. I got a super long email from a listener <laughs> about it that uh, I thought was interesting. I'm going to get to that response eventually. But, oh, crap. Uh, I got, I got some interesting – Isaac and I both got DMs or people were talking about it, debating it. So it's, it's brought up a lot of good discussion. So I'm glad Was we the decided. email positive or negative? It was positive. It was positive towards us at least. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Maybe not towards the Mavericks, uh, but we don't represent <laughs> the Mavericks. <laughs> at least i don't <laughs> so this has been really interesting today the what if we are getting to is what if deandre jordan had actually come to the mavericks in 2015 what if he had actually signed and fulfilled his verbal agreement what would the team look like what would the team look like going forward you know who would be on the roster how would that team fare in the nba what would be made of the clippers i think is also a question that we could talk about too oh, crap. so it's gonna be really interesting um, and how we're breaking this up is we're basically just going to give you context and then ripple effects. So I'm going to go through the context, going to go through everything that a lot of stuff that happened that summer. And then we'll give you the ripple effects, like what that, what it would have affected. What would the league look like essentially if Deandre Jordan had decided to agree to his, to actually sign with his agreement that he yeah. made. And if emoji gate had never happened. Ooh, a moment, a moment. I get really frustrated about this situation because of obviously everything how it affected the Mavericks, but I also get. Do you ever find yourself? Well, you're more partial to the Lakers, but Mavs fans. Do you ever find yourself? Wow, why you gotta do that to me? <laughs> why just completely why, discredit ever, me on my own podcast? <laughs> I brought you into this world. <laughs> you birthed me, um, like that little baby in the background. <laughs> Do do you ever find yourself kind of like jealous of the emoji gate that you can't enjoy it? Because I do, I do sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, I can't look back on this when people are like, "This is one of the best NBA Twitter moments we've ever had." I'm like, I don't even acknowledge that that exists because it brings back so many like anger emotions, and I I just get jealous because if it happened with any other team, I'd be like, "Oh, that was an awesome night! What a crazy cool day!" And no, I just go right on by like it never happened man yeah that, that's got to be tough to look back at that I, to me i look back at that moment and i think this is when nba players really got involved in nba twitter you know it just seemed yeah. like there was such a difference like a separation and that's when like nba players really embraced nba twitter and they they became a meme themselves you know and they purposely became a meme like they all went along with the joke all these different players and if you don't remember what emoji gate was this is part of the context. Uh, so I'll Go talk, for it, Nick. Yeah, I'll talk about it. So, okay, this is, this is what happened. This is um, NBA free agency happens every single summer, and we know how you know it happens every summer. It starts on July 1st every single year, and they begin what's called the moratorium. And that's when teams, players, and, and team executives from other teams can start talking to each other. And when you hear about tampering, this is, you know, what happened with the Lakers with Paul George or what happened with, remember Drake was, got fined for tampering yeah. with Durant because he was actually, he was being, you know, paid by the Raptors and he had an official position with them and he, he shouted out his name during a concert. That was counted as tampering because he was technically a team official that was, you know, talking to or talking about another player publicly that was on a different team. And that's called tampering. So when this moratorium opens on July 1st, tampering is completely out the window you can kind of do whatever you want you can set up meetings you can do all this stuff and players can verbally agree to contracts so on july 1st we have all these free agency shows like the jump and what yahoo used to do with Woj and you know what shams shams and Woj going back and forth and all these you know you you see the wording is very specific in those tweets it's they agreed they have agreed to a deal they had you know it's reported that they are in talks verbally for, agreed for they verbally agreed to a deal they can't sign anything until that moratorium period is ended now the moratorium now is like a week right but before it was like 10 days or i think even longer than that i mean it was it seemed like a really long time. So there was this whole big gap of time for these free agents to, to you know, agree to these deals. And they, 
have not signed anything. They're not obligated to literally anything. It's just, it's just the you know the team against their word. It's yeah. really stupid when you really think about it. Because it is. It's not like these people have not been talking before July first. So it's like, okay, now we're gonna give you like a courtship of like the first through the eighth. You can talk, but no signing. It's like the over strict parents that tell their like child that you can't date anybody until you're 17 yeah but we'll let you text some people we'll let you text a guy or a girl and you know while you're 16 but not until 17 okay they're pretty much dating okay and it this is it to me it's like the league wants it to be fair for everybody for everybody to get a shot to talk to get you know to be able to talk to this player so yeah it's almost like to me the analogy that i think of it is like christmas day if you had a bunch of siblings and your parents let you go down to the tree and see all your presents, but you have to wait until everybody is down there, till everybody has seen their presents, and then you can start like ripping into stuff. You know, you know what I mean? Like you can't actually participate in it until everybody is there. It's kind of like a fairness thing to me. Yeah. Um, so, so the the Mavericks and DeAndre Jordan agreed to a deal. They have a you know agreed to a deal. It's a huge, massive thing. The Mavericks finally got a big free agent, and DeAndre Jordan was a was and still is right now a big time free agent. He was even more so back then because the center position was still very relevant. You know, I mean, this is only <laughs> three, four years ago, four seasons ago now. Um, it's crazy that it feels like it's been so long ago, but realistically. Like right now is like when he opted out of his Clippers deal. This is the same deal. Like he could have been opting out of his deal with Dallas this summer, like he did with the Clippers. Um, and it just it feels so long ago, more than three summers ago. But it's so wild. And DeAndre Jordan was coming off of an All Defensive First Team. He he was All Defensive First Team. He was All NBA Third Team. Uh, by the way, DeAndre Jordan has been to one all-star game in 2017 and he's been on the all nba team three times <laughs> hmm. just interesting and t- twice on the all defensive team so the all-stars are not really all they're cracked up to be i don't think the all-star appearances it's kind of, it's a popularity contest really yeah all nba definitely means more yes yeah yeah and so deandre jordan was about at the peak of his powers right at this point right like I think he was probably the best he's ever been. He had, he averaged uh, that season. The season before he agreed with the Mavericks was the 2014-15 season. He averaged 11.5 points, 15 rebounds, 4.8 offensive rebounds, uh, two blocks, a steal, and he was uh, shooting 71% from the field. <laughs> Just dropping everything. His free throw percentage was still terrible. Uh, it's gotten a lot. It's actually gotten a lot better. We haven't. We didn't really talk about that when we talked about DeAndre Jordan on the Mavericks now. But that season, his free throw percentage was sub four was sub forty percent. And last season, he shot fifty eight percent. Yeah, he's really improved that in the last couple of years. But he was at the peak of his powers. This all defensive monster, this athletic freak, Lob City. You know all this stuff that was you know being talked about with the hadn't missed a game in three seasons. Yeah, hadn't missed it at he that had, point. Yeah, he had he had been you know this workhorse that had just played so many games the mavericks agreed to a deal with him um they had also agreed to a deal with west matthews and they you know had this whole thing in place where they were going to bring in these guys they had chandler parsons already they had dirk still they're going to you know roll out this lineup uh the the rondo thing had just happened the season before like the season the season before (laughs) and uh it had failed miserably and so now they're trying again with you know kind of going the complete opposite direction (laughs) with with deandre if you in a, in a in a crazy world, if the Rondo thing worked out like you thought it was going to, yeah. you know, work out, then man, that would have been a, a like if you could have brought Rondo back if everything worked out and had this Rondo DeAndre, like that would have been crazy if we got the Rondo that we thought we were getting, but obviously it didn't happen. Yeah, Rondo, West, Parsons, Dirk, and DeAndre at that point would have been that's fun. That would have been nice, nice squad. But the Rondo thing doesn't work out, and the DeAndre thing happens. They agree to a deal, and then it was like him and West were like almost a package deal. Yes, uh, because they they were buddies and are still buddies now. Parsons was courting them in in California, Cuban. The whole everything about that Mavs fans are getting super hyped, and it's like, all right, well, looks like you know they're going to come as this package deal. Wes is going to take a little bit, 
you know, less than what he is now, what he's at now, and DeAndre is at his max deal. So, so before the moratorium had finally ended, before this time when teams could, you know, actually sign on the dotted line, emoji gate happened, where it was all of a sudden, all these Clippers players were tweeting out these different forms of transportation and Parsons tweeted out, you know, transportation. All of a sudden, everybody was converting. And converging all on Houston, which is where DeAndre Jordan is from. That's where he was living at the time. I think probably still is, but uh, everybody just started coming. And there was this, there was word, and there was talk that DeAndre Jordan is undecided. He's having second thoughts. I'll never forget getting that notification on my phone, and I'm like, "Is this real? Like, is this is this really happening, or is this just a random news story?" And I just remember, like, I didn't do anything the rest of the evening. Whatever. And How I could just you? Watch my phone, and it was miserable. And it was hilarious because it was coming one by one, and all of a sudden, everybody would retweet the one thing, and JJ Redick would retweet would tweet one thing, and Chris Paul would, you know, tweet this thing. I, it was, Chris Paul's like a banana boat or something, right? Like, suddenly I'm a different. And then that was when back when Chris Broussard was still relevant in the world. Oh yeah, and, what happened to that guy? And he was FS1, he, I guess. He was sending all the you know the tweets out about Cuban driving around Houston, and it was just like trying to find DeAndre's house. And for a Mavs fan, it was just like a the it was a spiral downward. And then like I think it was Blake that tweeted out the picture of the chair because they yeah, all so, went to DeAndre's house in Houston. Yeah. So what happened is they all converge on DeAndre's house, and there's reports that Cuban was trying to get a hold of DeAndre and he wasn't answering his phone. And that was this was the night before. They could officially sign. So this, I think it was July 8th. I think they could sign on the 9th. So this is the 8th, and their whole plan was we're going to stay with him until midnight hits, and then he can sign. They were going to lock him in and try to convince him. It was like a coup. like or like or <laughs> It was basically like an intervention is, was the better word for it. An intervention of DeAndre where all the Clippers players, and one of the, the most famous tweets is Paul Pierce Everybody's tweeting out these emojis. Everybody's tweeting out these different forms of transportation. And Paul Pierce somehow, I still don't know how he did this, tweets out like a clip art of a rocket ship. Like, I don't know how. He, maybe he took a screenshot of the emoji and then like tried <laughs> to make it the picture. But I don't know how he did it. But it's like you can still go back and search it. It's the, you know, the most hilarious thing because he was, he was the old guy. I think he was still 40 at the time. When uh, when this is happening, so he just signed, he, and he signed with the Clippers that offseason. Yeah. he wasn't even a Clipper yet. So they they all converge on DeAndre's house. Blake Griffin tweets, out, "Is there a monster in your house?" <laughs> I, Vin Diesel's outside racing right now. Cool. Uh, and and Blake Griffin tweets. Everybody was was you know all these tweets were going, and Twitter was just like all these conspiracy theories. All this stuff was just going on and going on and going on. And then Blake Griffin tweets out this picture of a chair that's basically, you know, wedged up against the the door and the the handle. So where you you know when you lock somebody in a room or something, or you see that in a movie, Blake had that picture, and I can't remember what his caption was, but just you know tweeted that out like they were locking him in, and it was this big joke, and it was pretty funny on Blake's part if you're not a Mavericks fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which most which every one of you are. <laughs> Uh, and then there's the reports about Mark Cuban is driving around Cleveland Fran- or driving around Houston frantically and trying to get a hold of DeAndre and calling him, trying to find his house, all this stuff. I still don't think that's true. I don't think that happened. <laughs> there's so much stuff thrown around that day and night about what was going on, and it it's it's important to to note too that deandre obviously brought this on himself like it is very clearly reported that deandre called doc rivers first a few days before that right and, was t- and told him like he's thinking about it he's rethinking the decision that opened the door for everything else to follow so it's not like i'm not taking up for him at all but it's not like they all just like bombarded his house the night before he started that process a few days in advance of that of calling the clippers coach telling the clippers his teammates that you know what, I'm I'm really thinking about this. Leon Torres really opened this back up. And then they made the move. And once they made the move and got there, I thought it was pretty childish to just lock him in. But 
oh well they're all not together anymore so that's kind of funny <laughs> and yeah they had to have a reason to go and all go to houston like that you know what i mean if he was if he was completely convinced the next day he was going to sign they wouldn't have all gone to houston like that you know like like the thunder didn't do that for durant you know <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> like know. deandre jordan definitely like you said opened that door and and opened that up for his team to come and and try Can you imagine keep... Russell Westbrook flying like across the country to like beg KD, please? <laughs> Ain't happening. Chris Paul would though. And anyway, there was on. a lot made of how the Clippers promised DeAndre Jordan a bigger role. Wasn't that wasn't that this season where they, they promised him a bigger role and more touches and you know yeah. all this stuff? Like they said he was going to come back, and you know if he came back and all this stuff. And so they made him all these empty promises and. So DeAndre goes back to the Clippers. The Mavericks try to retool. They end up offering Wes Matthews a a $13 million pay raise over his four-year deal. And so when you hear us talk about how Wes Matthews' deal was, you know, not as big before, the first one that he agreed to was four years, $57 million with the Mavericks. And then when DeAndre wasn't coming anymore, the Mavericks were like, hey, we'll give you $13 million more, raise it to four years, $70 million. And you know, for you to stay or just kind of, it was almost kind of in goodwill. You know, I don't know if he would have stayed or not. He probably would have. I mean, I, I hadn't heard anything else from him. I think that he, there was an offer from Sacramento who was even more terrible than they are right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like Sacramento was the rumored team uh, at that point for Wes. And I mean, whatever you want to say about it was nice of Wes to keep his word, but they still, uh, upped his um contract offer significantly but um it we got somebody at that point and at that point you're just like it just it screwed the mavericks over so much because they got that early commitment from deandre in the beginning of the moratorium and they got that commitment from him the verbally committed thing so once they got that that took him out of the running because they were getting west also that took him out of the running for everything else so once that happened, everybody else was going different places, including Tyson Chandler went to the Phoenix Suns. Like, yeah. That was the second time. They they chose to chase DeAndre uh, instead of giving Tyson Chandler the next contract. Monte Ellis went to the Pacers, which Monte, I'm pretty sure, agreed with in the, the Pacers deal before DeAndre agreed with the Mavericks. But still, they, I think it was pretty clear that to Monte's camp that they were pursuing DeAndre over him at that point. So... But everything that happened after that, um, a lot of people don't remember that Roy Hibbert was a, a big Mavericks option at that point. Pacers are wanting to uh, trade him. There were some reports of a signer trade between him and uh, Monte on the deal, you know, on the table and all that stuff. But once they, once they verbally agreed with DeAndre, they sent Hibbert to the Lakers, and it was just oh my like, gosh. there was just a bunch of different avenues Dallas could have have taken that off season but once they got that from deandre so once deandre backed out on midnight of the eighth you know morning of the ninth everybody had already made their agreements everybody had already did their thing so it's like wow now we're we are really screwed on what we can do and what do we do this season this is at that point we're i feel like we've been saying it's one of dirk's last seasons for like five years now yeah and um you know, so it's like we don't want this to just be in the drain, and I don't know. Are you going to go through what they do now? Yeah. So what they do, they, they up Wes's deal. They end up uh, their replacement for DeAndre was Zaza and Javale, who they signed Javale McGee, who they signed afterwards, which is kind of hilarious because Zaza and Javale end up on the Warriors <laughs> afterwards <laughs> together. So. Uh, but they end up with those two guys as their their replacements. Uh, they signed Darren Williams as well. Salah Mejri, this is his first season with the Mavericks. This is J.J. Barea's first season back with the Mavericks after going to the Timberwolves. Uh, and then in August, they also signed, um, like after July, in August they signed JaVale McGee. They also signed Sam Dallenbear randomly. This and- was the training camp in which they signed Dallenbear to this um, first-year guaranteed contract. And then they signed you know Salah, this Tunisian athletic um, kind of older center, and then Salah beats him out in camp. Right, and that was like we use that um, that example sometimes of like Dallas doesn't care if you have a guaranteed contract going into camp. Yeah, they cut they they cut Dallenbear over you know for Salah that yes a few years ago. They also signed Charlie V. I believe in Charlie V. Charlie V. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how they, they made their roster. And also, we were talking about earlier how Richard Jefferson, who was part of the Mavericks the year before, had uh, was in agreement with the Mavericks to come back once DeAndre was coming. And then once DeAndre backed out, Richard Jefferson backed out too. And uh, and he had talked to Cuban about that. That was actually a very yeah. respectful thing. Right. Cuban and them, like, I think Cuban even released a statement saying, hey, we're going to let Richard, like, look somewhere else. Like, we, we understand that. And he i think he went to cleveland at that point mm, that's a good that's a good but i'm pretty sure he went to cleveland so cool move for him i love jefferson in dallas but um yeah it just ha- had so many ripple effects of what happened after that and i don't know if you mentioned it i my misheard or whatever it wasn't too long after that that brooklyn bought out darren williams and that's when they they brought in Darren Williams. Yeah, they signed him in July. They signed him pretty quickly. Yeah, after the uh, the DeAndre thing. So, uh, yeah, the Mavericks finally got Darren Williams, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's take our first break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the what if the uh, the actual what if <laughs> DeAndre had had not backed out of his agreement with Dallas Mavericks. All right, Isaac. (laughs) So what if DeAndre Jordan had actually signed with the Mavericks in 2015? So the roster in 2015 ended up being Darren Williams, Wes Matthews, Parsons, Dirk, and Zaza. And the bench being some configuration of J.J. Barea, Raymond Felton, Devin Harris. It would have been Richard Jefferson still, just as Justin Anderson's rookie year, Dwight Powell, because of the uh, Rondo trade. And then maybe Zaza, maybe JaVale, uh, maybe Salah. Probably- I, don't, I don't think Zaza happens. Um, yeah. so it- once DeAndre backs out, they, you know, they send that fake second rounder for Zaza. I don't think Zaza happens. I think Salah still happens. Probably, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, whether JaVale happens or not, that's that's interesting or not. Yeah, but JaVale, JaVale only played like 34 games that year or something. So, yeah, but for the most part, I mean, you're looking at you look the salary cap. So, this is another thing to keep in mind with this. We say, what if DeAndre didn't back out? So, DeAndre's first year cap number is 19.6 million in 2015. So, your three highest paid players at that point is DeAndre, Wes, with whatever he would be at with that. The contract, you know, less than what he has now because, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then Parsons is at 15. So then you're looking at Dirk, who is at eight at the time. I think one of the biggest questions is, do they still get Darren Williams? I would, like, we never, you never know. Like, you never know. We obviously don't know, you know, if that is going to happen or not. But do they, do they still get Darren Williams out of is Darren Williams still bought out from Brooklyn and brought to Dallas if they got DeAndre Jordan? And I think he does. I, the, think I mean, it, the bought out thing I think is does not like it still happens. I think that's unrelated to the DeAndre thing. Does it? The, my only thing with that is I I think he approached Brooklyn with because the, he knew the Mavericks were an option. Yes. Um, but still. Why would he not if they had DeAndre? He only signed for five million, so it's not like it's like. And I can't remember how much money De- Darren Williams gave up, but he didn't give up a lot. They're paying it. They stretched him and you know and paid him for a while. Oh, he's he's still getting paid, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they stretched him. They didn't buy him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stretched him. Yeah, that's so that's different. He got all his money. <laughs> hmm. So it's it's not like he was going to give up any more money. You know, if he came to Dallas for like the minimum. You know what I mean? He's still getting it. Yeah. From Brooklyn. So I think Darren wasn't like completely horrible in 2015. No, no, he wasn't. He averaged averaged 14 points a game, almost six assists. Uh, He played in 65 games and it's not, he wasn't like bad. So like when you think about what Dallas would have looked like in 2015 with DeAndre and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say Darren would come. So I think so too. Assuming Darren thing happens, you're looking at Darren Wes Parsons, which was still decently good back then. 
Yeah, um, you're still only getting 60 games out of him, but yeah, Dirk and DeAndre, and you know, people forget and this was crazy. They still made the playoffs that year with like with Zaza, with Wes, <laughs> and Parson, like without DeAndre, they still made the playoffs. They went 42 and 40. So yeah, you have to would you would have to say that they would win a couple more games, right? If oh, they had for DeAndre. sure. I mean, you have that back. I mean. Zaza is not a good defensive player. I mean, the guy takes up space. You know, he's in the right, he's in a decent spot, but I mean, he's just not the defender that that DeAndre is. You also have Dirk, who's playing, you know, about two thirds of his minutes at five at this point in his career too. So that that lowers a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I they definitely would have won more games. How many did they win that year? It was they was uh, forty two. They were they was they were forty two and, and forty. So yeah, they're yeah. they're a fifty win team probably. I think they finished. That was what's crazy is they finished sixth in the West with that team with Zaza Dirk. Forty two wins. You know, yes, with forty two wins. So if they had DeAndre, and you know they went to the playoffs, they got beat for you know one. To, they only won one game against Oklahoma City, and they were put out in the first round. But if they had DeAndre, what happens um, with that playoff thing? I, you know, they're not beating Golden State, so I mean, no, leaving that out there for sure. But outside of that, then I don't know. Could they made a deeper run? They're probably they don't match up with Oklahoma City at that point. So if they match up with with another team like the Blazers or Clippers? Well, Clippers wouldn't even make the playoffs at that point, probably. No. Well. Well, they'd still have Blake and Chris. Yeah, at that point. And Chris was younger. That's true. The Mavericks had a negative uh, <laughs> net rating. Their offense was was uh, 11th in the NBA, and their defense was 17th in the NBA. And their defense was worse than their offense. And they had a net rating. They just won. You know, there, there was an over. They were They overperformed a little bit. And yeah. uh, and this is kind of one of the seasons where people look at Rick Carlisle and we're like, dang, how did he do that with this with, you know, this group of of players? Basically, like a washed up Darren Williams, Wes Matthews is a role player coming off his wasn't he coming off his Achilles? Yeah, coming off his yeah. Achilles, giving him that huge contract. Parsons, who's injured all the time, uh, Dirk, who's older, Zaza, who's you know, you know, whatever you get from him, and then these just random players. <laughs> how did he yeah. pull the season off? That's a Rick Carlisle move. I think one of my biggest what ifs based off this what if is not two thousand, not what happens in 2015 if DeAndre stayed, not what happens the rest of the summer, not what happens that season. How does it affect the summer of 2016? That's where I think the DeAndre decision changed so much because I have a couple of questions. This is the summer in which they started off – so imagine they they get DeAndre, they go into that next summer. They have almost like so, so many people are free agents. Dirk's off the books, he's a free agent. Parsons is a free agent. Um Darren Williams is a free agent. Dwight Powell's a free agent. They pretty much have two big building blocks. Oh, DeAndre, they have not re-signed Dwight Powell. That's one of my questions. Oh my gosh. I'm going to bring that up in a second. So they have DeAndre Jordan and they have Wes Matthews. And then they say, how can we build – they're debating on do we bring back Parsons, he's DeAndre's buddy, and all this stuff. So initially, if you think back what happens in 2016, it is – I'm following Hassan Whiteside on Snapchat because he's about to announce where he's going to go on Snapchat because he's supposedly meeting with Cuban at midnight and all this stuff. That ain't even happening. Cuban's not even meeting with Hassan Whiteside if we have DeAndre Jordan. No. So. We're not chasing DeAndre Jordan. The next name that we're linked to, and actually two names, do we actually get Mike Conley or Nick Batum if we had DeAndre? Because we would have the money, because almost everybody's off the books at this point. We'd have the money. Do we still do would we get one of those? Would we be more appealing to a Mike Conley of saying, hey, come pair up with Wes Matthews, DeAndre, and then Dirk's going to come back at whatever co- price, whatever. Gosh, Mike Conley would have been so good playing for Rick Carlisle. Like that's yeah. the, like like he's Mike Conley's almost the exact opposite of Rondo to me. 
you know like yeah. just seems like a real coachable guy what that story from the what was it the wall street journal or the new york times that he's never gotten a technical his entire basketball life like high school college <laughs> or the nba he's just this guy that's always you know he played with with a guy like deandre and greg odin in uh in college yeah um and you know, and and I think Marcus All has a lot of Dirk like qualities. I think he would have figured out how to play with him pretty well. And uh, yeah, it, it would have been it would have been interesting. There's a Mark Stein report. I remember. I think it was one of my first pieces I ever wrote for the uh, for Dallas Sports Fanatic, which was Mavs Fanatic. Was uh, Mark Stein reported on? I think it was Bill Simmons' podcast that that the Mavericks have a chance. There, there's a chance that they could get both. Mike Conley and Hassan Whiteside and that it, they were like thinking about it and that it was actually possible. Yeah. So like that, that's the thing of like, get if you could afford it both, uh, both of them, then you definitely could have afforded Conley with Deandre Jordan. So, but let's just say Conley goes back to, goes back to Memphis. Like it happened. Let's yeah. say Nick Batum goes to Charlotte. The next thing that happens is Kevin Durant picking golden state. And therefore we get Harrison Barnes. Do we still pick Harrison Barnes? at a max contract over Chandler Parsons if we got DeAndre. And I think it still happens. Because, like we were talking about before the pod, like even though Parsons and DeAndre were boys, the biggest reason why Parsons is not a Dallas Maverick right now is because of his health. And because Casey Smith and the the medical department of the Mavericks didn't sign off on that and they were uneasy about his health and his knees moving forward of handing him this big, massive, long-term contract. And how ironic that he goes to the Grizzlies where Mike Conley (laughs) went back to, you know? So, like, that's the thing of, like, I think that that still happens. We obviously don't make the trade for Bogut at that point, but (laughs) then you swap out and you get Harrison Barnes – to come join Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan, then I think the next two questions are, do you bring back Darren Williams at that point? Um, because Darren, because at that point, you're, Barnes is going to be at 22, at 22 million. DeAndre's at 20 million, and Wes is like 16 or 17 million. That's a lot of money right there already. So Darren's not going to come back for like the 9 million he probably did, but... Do they bring him back at a cheaper cost? Who's going to be your point guard at that point? Do they pursue a trade option? Do they hand Dwight Powell the four-year deal? I don't think they do. I sure I hope think- they wouldn't. I, I hope they – somehow. sometimes I still wish they didn't in the actual present, like when <laughs> where we are. Like retroactively, they didn't give it to him. Yeah. So, like, I don't – That deal was so bad me- even at the time. If you're asking me how it would have changed 2016, I think if we had DeAndre, Harrison Martin still happens. I don't think we had Dwight Powell the four-year deal. Darren Williams is hard for me to figure out, but the big thing is Dirk would have to take another pay cut because for those two years, Dirk Dirk went from making eight million the year before, and then when we missed out on everybody, that's when, and we missed out on Whiteside and Conley again. That's when they handed Dirk the two-year, fifty million dollar deal, basically. Yeah, because then that next season he went up to making twenty three million again. He couldn't do that again, but I think Dirk probably would have took another pay cut if it meant pairing, you know, Harrison and DeAndre and West together with him. Because at that point you're you're going to be your playoff team. So I think Dirk, we would have seen another Dirk pay cut. So <laughs> if you're saying what's a positive of DeAndre backing out of that deal now three or four years later. Well, at least Dirk got a lot of uh, extra money out of that. Because we can go... You want to go even farther to present day? Let's go even farther to present day, but let's do it after the break. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about how DeAndre Jordan's decision in 2015 affects DeAndre Jordan's decision in 2018. (laughs) All right, Isaac. How does the 2018-19 Dallas Mavericks roster look completely different if DeAndre Jordan had not backed out of his deal in 2015. Wait, this going back to last year. If they if they get Harrison Barnes, what we say, if we're going down this what if trail. Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Dirk, and whoever they get to fill in at point guard does not win 33 games and does not get the ninth pick, ninth overall pick in the draft, which is not Dennis Smith Jr. 
So Dennis probably doesn't happen um, at that point because you're probably a borderline playoff team. Um, yeah. Maybe Donovan Mitchell happens. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. We can't do it. Like, go down that. But you're probably, <laughs> oh, <man. it's, laughs> instead of the ninth pick, you're probably looking at a pick 13 to what, 16 or 17 at that point um, in the first round. And then moving it all the way until the next year, um, Luca doesn't happen because you're not going to win. You're not going to lose that many games with DeAndre, you know, Harrison and West because, I mean, DeAndre's a heck of a player. <laughs> You're not going to tank with that team. So, um, yeah, that's what's crazy about it. What, what's crazy is, like, I know some people are probably listening and saying, okay, well, DeAndre, Harrison, and West, it's not like it wins you titles. Like, it sounds like a lot of, you know, mediocrity. Like, there would be some trades through there, and we can't even begin to even speculate what – what trades would happen through there. But if they had DeAndre and West was still, you know, there and they got Harrison, they would find some way to bring in something, uh, some more, because like we talked about Richard Jefferson, Amari Stoudemire was another veteran that was thinking about coming back at that time. And he went to Miami. Yeah. Like there was some win now veterans. David Lee was a guy that came to the Mavericks too. Yeah. Like those type of dudes would have been coming to the Mavericks to help them win so they would have had to figure out their point guard situation with Darren and like figuring out what all is going to happen with that. But yeah, I mean, if you want to take the positive route, DeAndre backing out three years ago meant a lot more money for Dirk and meant we got Dennis and Luca. Um, but you never know what could have happened trade wise or playoff wise. Uh, with Dirk over the past three or four years if DeAndre didn't back out. And like we said when we were talking earlier, this is the same deal. And we'd be sitting here this past summer, he would have the choice to you know, opt in or opt out of the fourth year of this deal with the Mavericks. And who knows what this roster would look like right now uh, for him to opt in or opt out of. Or the whole league, what it would look like for the Clippers. If DeAndre Jordan leaves the Clippers, man – that's that's such a fascinating like what if. Um, it it'd be hard because I feel like there's always a lot of people that thought that Clippers team would have been better. And it's no slight against DeAndre, but would have been better with Blake at the five. And if they embraced that small ball role more, and if DeAndre had left at that point, you would have almost forced Blake into that role, and it would have been very interesting to see if that worked out for the better for them or the worse. Yeah, that team with with DeAndre back won 53 games. And uh, Blake Griffin was hurt that year. He only played 35 games that year. So that team would have been pretty terrible <laughs> yeah. without, without both of them. Uh, that was Chris Paul. Chris Paul had a really, really good season that year. He was uh, he just turned 30. That was the season they had. Uh, so they had Redick, they had Jamal Crawford, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers still – Paul Pierce, that was this year. They had Lance Stevenson and Josh Smith. Oh, my gosh. I forgot Stevenson even played for them. <laughs> and Mbamute, Pablo Prigioni. Yeah, those type of dudes. Like, those are the type of dudes that only come to, like, contending teams. Yeah. Uh, and they lost. This was the, the – the they lost in the first round to the Trailblazers. Those Clippers did. Uh, so, without DeAndre, I mean – that team's not making the playoffs. Yeah, because Blake got hurt, and maybe Blake doesn't get hurt if if DeAndre doesn't go there or yeah. doesn't come back. There's also a world too that you could ask yourself if you're a Mavericks fan, if you're trying to be more positive about the whole DeAndre situation. Because I hear a lot of people now saying, even I've seen people in the Mavs offices say, "Oh, you know, if that didn't happen three years ago, then." wouldn't have Luca and everything now and look at this, you know, whatever would have been worse how it happened now or would have been worse if West came in and was like spectacular to where if you come like three years later, you're saying, man, West was so good and he played so good. Like he played up to his contract that if we had DeAndre, we could have like really competed because there's a there's a mindset that you look back on it and say, 
Okay, DeAndre backed out and that sucked. But you know what? West kind of sucked too the first like <laughs> couple of seasons. And even if we did get DeAndre, West was like not as good as his contract, so it would have hindered us big time, like flexibility wise with the roster. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, but you look at you look at a guy like Wes and DeAndre, and their gravity helps each other. DeAndre Jordan yeah. has that gravity in the paint. Wes Matthews has that gravity on the outside. They would have they would have helped each other in conjunction. Wes Matthews hasn't played with a guy like that here in Dallas. That's true. At all. <laughs> you know, like at all. So he didn't have the you know as many open threes as he would have had. Um, and that's we talked a lot about this when when Dennis first came to the Mavericks. We we're like, he, Wes is going to get more open threes because of uh, Dennis's gravity as he drives to the basket, and it happened a little bit this year because um, it's gonna, he's going to go back into his role because he went from Portland to being this three and D guy to Dallas and us missing out on DeAndre and us saying, okay, we'll pretty much just have Parsons and Dirk. Like you got to be another offensive like scoring weapon, and that's just you can't make him dribble yeah so. and on this team when parsons was down and sometimes when darren williams was down too west matthews oh. was like their offensive like number one option because you, you yeah. can't really dump it down to dirk i mean sometimes you can do that every once in a while but west was like i mean it was like we couldn't have jj bray off the floor like yes. he was like our our only main playmaker and another what if to this and we and we can just briefly talk about this but what about the personal success of deandre how, does his career change, like accolade wise? Does he get another All Star in those past three years? Does he? Because you'd have to think if he came to Dallas and they were top five or six team in the West, and he puts up the same amount of because that's another thing you got to ask yourself: What does DeAndre look like the past three years without Chris Paul? Yeah, yeah, he could have been worse. Yeah, without you- this like playmaking point guard that's going to throw you a million lobs and get you the ball like two feet from the basket. What does that look like when you come to Dallas and you have Darren Williams <laughs> or, you know, whoever it is like running the point is that, does that change his numbers? Does it help him? Does it, what does his career look like? You know? Yeah. It's an interesting thought. You, you think if the team was that good, just by sheer representation, he would get more all-star votes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as a lot of, you know, coaches, the coaches, after after the starters are picked by the fans, the coaches will look and they'll be like, all right, well, we got to have a guy represent that team. You know, like the LaMarcus Aldridge pick this year, kind of. Like, you know, that guy's been playing really well. That team's been really good. He's got to be on the team. Yeah. And, I mean, really, you just look at, like, this past season, too. I mean, just answer my question, is first season without Chris Paul? He averaged 14 points, 17. No, that's per 36. I was like, I don't think that's uh-huh. right. It was 15 rebounds yeah. this year. Yeah, he averaged 12 points, 15 rebounds. And, um, oof, his block number's bad. But, yeah. Uh, point nine. But still, like, he's locked in as a double double. He should, and in Dallas, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's going to, like, having Luca, him and Luca. It's going to be fun. Like It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. And DeAndre would have done what Rick Carlisle really, 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 really wanted Nerlens Noel to do. <laughs> just, uh, stay, yeah. just stay in your lane, block shots, get rebounds, be that guy, be that back line of the defense, and on offense, be available for lobs. Kind of that, that run back and forth on the baseline kind of guy that just is available down there. And uh, come up and set high screens, you know, be at the top of the key, maybe initiate some offense here and there. But, uh, but yeah, Nerlens wanted to do more things, wanted to take jumpers, wanted to, you know, do all these other things. And uh, yeah. DeAndre definitely would have – He Nerlens took a ton of risks on you know, blocks and steals and stuff, and DeAndre isn't like that as much. And I will say this. Based off, like, just things I've seen on Instagram and a few things on Twitter, it looks like DeAndre's – like gotten slimmer this off season, it, it doesn't look like he's as thick Ooh, and big muscle watch. So, I I wonder how that plays into. Um, yeah, I'm very I'm very anxious to see him. I'm probably more excited to see him than anybody else on media day because I already seen Luca like and all that stuff, and I'm really I really want to see him. Just it's just gonna be crazy having him here right now, but still. Him and Luca is going to be fun. He's going to be catching a lot of oops. For sure. So there you go. That's our what if. 
with DeAndre Jordan. Feel free to uh, tweet us, <laughs> email I'm me. I'm sure we'll get some DMs. <laughs> Let us know. DM me. My DMs are open. Uh, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. You can also follow us at Lockdown Maps. We are about 66, 65 followers away from 1,000 <laughs> on Lockdown Maps. And we started this from scratch when we first took over the, the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're exactly 65 as we're recording this. We're 65 followers away from 1,000. So, guys, thanks so much for, for following that account at Lockdown Maps. We'll continue to tweet out some good stuff. We tweeted out the, the gif of... Delonte West sticking his finger in Gordon Hayward's ear. That was really funny. <laughs> without any commentary either, without a caption. No need. No need. No need at all. If you listened, you knew what it was about. So there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. We'll be back with more what ifs coming up. Uh, Friday, we are going to be. Let's see. What Which one are we going to do on Friday? Let's give them a little tease. Friday. Oh, this is the big one. This is I think it's this is TV. the biggest one for me. The one I'm gonna have to do the most research on. What if the Mavericks had kept slash paid Steve Nash? Dun 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 dun. They're excited. And then yeah. next week we're dra- jumping into what if they drafted Giannis? What if they won in 2006? And then Thursday and Friday probably our mailbag. We had so many responses. We're probably gonna split it into two parts. We had a choice whether to just take. The best ones and narrowed down to like six or seven, or Nick was like, we could do a mailbag and hit them all in like two days. And I'm like, all right, let's do that. Let's hit all of them. We're doing that. The so I got them all. I got actually them all listed here. Let's let's read a couple of them just to give them a little tease of what's. Uh-oh. So, uh, what if the Warriors didn't make the playoffs in 2007 from Forgotten Maverick? That's a good one. How far do we go if we didn't trade for Rondo? That's from Tanner Black. Uh, what if? Andre Iguodala signs with the Mavs instead of the Warriors the last time he was a free agent. <laughs> he was made an offer. I think he was on his way before changing his mind from Chad Stanton. Huh. What if the Dirk for Shaq trade happened, Rob Parker? I don't uh, want to go down that road. What if they pulled off the Shaq trade that didn't include Dirk? And that was from Tim Ma. Hmm. Interesting thoughts. Interesting Interesting thoughts. Laker trades. <laughs> That's a Mavericks trade. <laughs> All right, so we got a whole bunch of those. We're excited to get to those on Friday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. What if week? Peace out. Boom.